9047. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday is upon us as we take a look at what's been happening in the market trade. Are we seeing some positioning taking place ahead of the USDA reports that are due out later this week? We know it was kind of a mixed market bag, at least on on the grain side. Livestock was not so pretty. We'll look at all of that happening as we start out talking about this USDA report that comes out this week. Aaron Bertles joins us. He is with Crossroads Marketing. So do we bank on this report or is it going to be a short-lived reaction? I personally think it'll be short-lived. I just don't think this early that, you know, looking back to last year, this report was 10 bushels off of what the final yield was. And I understand that, you know, things change a lot by then, but I just think that people are going to remember that. And it is a tough one, right? They're not, we're not in the field a lot. There's some people in the South, obviously, that are in the field harvesting. Um, but most of the information from this is coming from, you know, weather models or surveys and things like that, that it's just tough to really take a lot of stock into. So I don't think that, you know, if somebody out there is very, very bullish or they're very bearish, whatever number that comes out in this report today, I don't think is one that's going to change their mind. Um, they've got plenty of reasons uh, not to, to to adjust their thought process just because of the lack of information that we really have for a report like this and how far off this report has been in the past. Um, it has been, you know, predominantly bearish as you look back the last six or seven years. I think the last six out of the last seven, um, the yield rose on an average of about three bushels uh, per acre in this report. And a lot of that's because you're just dealing with weather, weather models. You're not really out into the field. You don't see pollination issues that may have happened in certain places. You don't see uh, as much of the impacts of drought that, that we're going to have this year. And you could run that type of a problem again this year just because of how isolated we have some areas that haven't gotten rain i mean you saw it again this weekend that we had some spots that got really really good beneficial uh rains that were needed and then some areas that really missed out that we're expecting it to come and so that's the things that you're going to miss out on from a report like this so so having said that uh how do we market this week do we just sit and wait until we get that final reaction from the numbers i think you can and I, but i think again i'm still in a place where You've seen these last few reports. I would argue that even this, the last report with acreage, you know, that was a really, really friendly report. Um, the, the acres were not there as they hoped that they would be. We went limit up that day and then went down for like seven straight days after that. You know, so I still think that this time of the year right now where you're getting really a lack of information on demand, right? That's the biggest factor here is, you just don't see a ton of demand right now. You're seeing some sales of soybeans um, the last few days, but you haven't seen much out of corn. And that's the tough part for for the bullish the bull side here is that whenever you have some positive info, it's not getting followed up with a lot of demand after that. So if this is friendly, I still think that right now is a time where you need to be looking to sell those bounces because there's not a lot of demand information you're gonna get after that to to continue to push it up. Now, that may change when you get out into, let's say, October, uh, later on when you're actually getting to some of those reports where we're going to be getting harvest, we're going to be able to see actual yields. And if that harvest continues to decline and you're in a time now where you could see some beneficial demand, then that might change. But right now, it just seems like it's difficult when you get rallies to get it to continue 
because you don't have the demand to follow up behind it. So how much more excitement will we see then come the October report? Is that one going to have a lot more kind of grit to it? That's the tough part because you want to look out to that, but you don't know what's going to change between now and then worldwide, right? You know, we've had a lot of friendly things to get us to this point. Brazil's second crop has been a mess. Um, You know, you had last year uh, places like, um, you know, places like Russia and Ukraine that had smaller crops. Is that going to be the case again this year? You know, how well does the early season for um, South America go? as you start to get planting rolling down there. So you can look out to that. The tough part is what's going to change in the next two months between uh, worldwide that that may make things less friendly by that time if they finally turn in that direction because yield starts to come down. So let's look at, since you brought up South America, they've had a lot of issues going on. First of all, Brazil, we know that harvest is underway. Have you heard any early numbers? I haven't heard a lot. I think that for the most part, you continue to see those things come down, right? It's It just seems like every private estimate you hear, you're, you're dropping it by another 5 million metric tons. And it's been a mess with the heat, the drought, and then follow that up with frost, um, you know, that has really you know, hurt a lot of those areas and thrown throw coffee into the mix there too. But, um, you know, it's it's been a problem. And so then you look at, you know, they're gonna need to probably import corn um, but, I th- you know, people are already starting to turn from that and starting to talk about how much more they're expected to plant next year, right? They're already talking about the 4% increase in acres uh, that they're going to be planting. So it's just old news at this point, right? I mean, it, even if it does get a little bit smaller from here, it's not something that people haven't seen coming for a while. And then add to it, I mean, you and I were talking about there hasn't been a lot in the news, and that's why I questioned what was going on with Argentina. And and they've got some river issues, which are causing for some export problems. Yeah, absolutely. The Paraná River is, I think, at its lowest level, and I think it was 60 to 80 years, uh, decades, you know, however you want to look at it. And 80% of their exports go through that uh, that river system. So it's a big problem, and, and I don't know how exactly things work down there, but, you know, it could be, too. I'm sure Brazil's going to want to try to import some corn from them, and that may be the way that that stuff's supposed to come. And I know they've had to start to shift things uh, to some of the deeper ports, you know, closer to the ocean. And then you run into things like you saw a couple weeks ago, where if you have limited places, you have your trucker strikes and all the stuff that we see that goes on down there, then it really starts to hamper the movement of things. Um, So, yeah, could be a bigger issue down the road. That's also something that's kind of been in the news for a little while, though. So, So, well, stick around, folks. We have more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio. In Stockton. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Aaron Bertels. Aaron's with Crossroads Marketing and we, interesting conversation that we had during the commercial break about what is going on in these livestock. And obviously we will talk about the tie it has to the grain complex, but it was another down day and even some limit down in these hogs. Yeah, you know, with hogs... It looks technical, you know, in a sense, but again, you saw some headlines today, you know, China's hog prices in July are down about 45% from last year. They they mentioned some things about, you know, maintaining their sow herd size to close to what it is now until about 2025. So I don't know if that had some impact on, on hogs today. I didn't see a lot of demand information today on hogs. 
I don't know if, if, you know, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to just fall out of bed here with the way demand has been for beef overall. It's frustrating to watch the cattle markets just because they continue to kind of push up near these high levels and, and you know, again, cash hasn't done anything outstanding, so I guess you shouldn't expect futures to just go flying through the roof here, but demand's been really strong, especially for this time of the year, and, you know, I'm sure some of that's people still stocking up because of fears of, of what, you know, COVID and the new Delta variant may do. Um, some of it's just been good demand buying as you're going back into school time and, um, you know, things like that, that, that increase that, the Labor Day buying as well. So I just find it tough to think that if, if cattle demand and, and beef prices are going to stay there, that hogs are just going to be able to fall out of bed when, you know, as well as I do, you go to the supermarket, I mean, uh, hogs are still, or pork is still the one you look at and say, wow, that's, that's reasonable. I could buy a decent amount of that. Uh, and I would just expect that demand is going to stay decent with you know the the incentives and stuff and the um, the packages that, and the money that people are still getting that are you know really keeping the stock market and everything where it's at right now. You, you and I were also talking, man. As COVID continues to ramp up in the South, and we we hear concerns about it, at what point do we see a repeat maybe in history of stocking up on these proteins to have just in case? Yeah, I think you're seeing some of it. Really, I mean, I really do. I think some of these places. And I think people are getting concerned about, you know, vaccine, you know, passports and, you know, things you can and can't do and where you can and can't go and some of these private businesses that can make those decisions. So I, I do think that you're seeing some of that. And again, even if they're not doing it for this, it's it's tough to break those habits sometimes that, that people may have created last year where they did just start buying more um, every time that they went. And they have money, right? You got the child uh, tax incentive now. Um, that's coming out. You've, you've still got people with their stimulus money. Uh, so there, there is money out there to be spent on this stuff as well. Looking at the, the summer lows that we had in, in hogs, for example, and really the summer lows in cattle, is there a chance we could go below what we've got set right now? I think it's going to be tough right now, just because I think you're still coming into the holidays here now. I think if we were going to do it, we would have done it. Uh, so I really think that you've got a good chance to, to maintain these. And I like the way the demand is, um, is, is working, you know, right now, especially for cattle. So I think it'll be tough to, to push down to those levels. And part of that too, like with, um, you know, I, I just think that as you work into these holidays and you go back to school, there's just some of that demand that you can just count on. What are you keeping an eye out market-wise, grain or livestock, as we continue to deal with some lower numbers and, and getting closer to harvest? Well, going back to grain, I still think that it will be interesting to watch this report, but I want to see what the reaction is after the fact. If we get any information that is one way or the other a little bit more friendly or bearish uh, than what's expected. I still don't know that it will matter that much, right? So even if we get a somewhat of a shock on this report, I'll be interested to see if, if that shock has any follow through, uh, which with whichever way that it, it, it was friendly, you know, whether it was bullish or bearish. So that'll be the thing that I think is going to be fun to, to see here towards the end of the week. A lot of pressure, a lot of reports coming our way. Anything else that we need to be keeping an eye out as we kind of start to hit towards the end? I think you just have to be thinking about your situation as a grain farmer right now and 
you know, we are getting to that point now where the market is going to make your decisions for you if you're not ready to make them. And we've been hanging around this level for a long time. So whether that means we're doing it because we're going to go up or whether we're going to do it or we've been doing it because we're, we're trying to find a way to go down, uh, it's a good level. And, I, you know, next year is going to be tougher. So you really need to be thinking about your situation. All right. Lots of things that we have talked about. Lots of things to focus on. We do have a report again coming out later this week. That'll make for an interesting as we wrap up the trading week. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Aaron? Yeah, you can give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss. They are not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at rowradionetwork.com, wherever you subscribe, and of course on our website as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.